Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. And what a blessing it is, not just to hear the song, but to know these ladies choose to serve God. And uh, if I was a young man sitting out there, I would ask, which of those are spoken for and which are not? And uh, you see me after the service, and I'll tell you the ones that are still available. And, uh, but anyway, I appreciate that good song, and I appreciate these young ladies very much. The passage of Scripture that we read is a thick piece of spiritual meat. I mean, it is a powerful passage of Scripture. There's several just single statements in this passage of Scripture uh, that ought to get our attention. They, they, they provoke our thinking. Uh, the last uh, of verse number 17 says, And calleth those things which be not as though they were. And uh, that's, that's great faith. The beginning of chapter 18, who against hope believed in hope. There are many miracles in the Bible, but some miracles have a greater impact than others. The miracle that we read about influenced or impacted every nation in the entire world and in some way impacts or influences every person in the world a promise given to a man by the name of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. I'm going to give you a very, very practical message this morning, and I believe it could be a helpful truth in all of our lives as I preach on the subject, overcoming obstacles to faith. Overcoming obstacles to faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray because I do hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I have worked, I have prepared, I have made notes, I have studied. But Lord, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And may our message this morning not just be practical and understandable, but Lord, may it light a fire in our faith in you. May it challenge us and encourage us in our faith in you. I pray that you'd bless the preaching. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> Abraham is used as the supreme example of faith in God. Abraham's faith was a great faith in a mighty God and was used to accomplish more than a mortal man could alone. And here's the miracle and here's the story. When Abraham was about 75 years of age, he told Abraham, you're going to father a son who will be the father of the great nation of Israel. And Israel will not just be a great nation, it will be a priestly nation, or all the nations of the world will be blessed through the nation of Israel. Well, that's a well enough promise, and that's good, and that's exciting. Uh, but the problem is uh, they go a year, and they don't have a child. Abraham's 76, and uh, uh, she is, uh, what is she, 66. Um, Trying to do math on the fly there. And, uh, and then the next year... Uh, they don't have a son. And the next year, they don't have a son. And the next year, and God made a promise they were going to have a son. Now, now having a son is not, a, is not a, a, a miracle in the class of miracles that this ends up being uh, because uh, folks have children every day. And uh, we understand that since the days of Adam and Eve when he told them to multiply. And uh, God began to give children. And we do call uh, life a miracle. 
But what makes this a miracle is they came to the place that Abraham is a hundred years old and Sarah is 90 years old. And the Bible says, and says very plainly, they were past the age that it was physically possible, impossible for them to have children. And, uh, but the Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Well, that's, a, that's a big statement God made about Abraham. And at the age of 100, and at the age of 90, Sarah had that child. What a miracle. What an amazing thing. You can imagine. I just imagine this in my mind. Abraham's 102. Can you imagine having a toddler at 102 years old? I mean, it's tough enough at 50 to have a grandchild, a toddler, let alone being the father of a 102 years old and coming into town. I see you got one of your grandkids there, Abraham. Nope, this one's mine. They said, well, Abraham's losing it just a little bit. No, it's not. That was a miracle, and what an amazing thing it was. Now, I want to give you four statements to introduce the message, and then we'll give you five obstacles that we can overcome or that we have to overcome for our faith to be exercised in God. Now, we're not just learning about Abraham, you have a need in your life that requires faith in God to overcome an obstacle or to meet a need or accomplish the will of God. We all need faith in God. The purpose of the message is not just say, wow, Abraham was a great man of faith and Sarah a great woman of faith. The purpose of the message is to learn from them and say, I need to have faith in God for the promises of God in my life. These statements, uh, first of all, just as Abraham, God has a will for your life. Just as Abraham, God has a will for your life. You're not Abraham, but you are a creation of God, and God has a will for your life. One of the most amazing things to me as a teenager is when I realized that God had a will for my life. Not only had they made me, I wasn't just a social security number. I wasn't just one of many. I was a child of God, and God has a specific will for my life. And as long as you're alive, God has a will for your life. That will usually takes us beyond our ability. Did you hear what I said? That will usually takes us beyond our ability. So at that point, we're required then to have faith in God. If I'm going to accomplish God's will in my life, if God's will is beyond my ability, I must have God working in my life, so that requires faith. The second statement I want to make, faith is a decision. It's not an emotion. It's not in self-reliance. It's not in self-help. Faith is taking God at His word. Just saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Faith in God is a decision. Now, sometimes faith is emotional, but faith is not, a, uh, not an emotion. It's a decision. Uh, faith sometimes brings joy. Faith sometimes brings tears. There are emotions that are connected with faith, and I enjoy uh, faith in God and exercising faith in God. And sometimes faith in God takes me to a prayer closet uh, and brings tears and brings burdens and brings a heaviness uh, of heart. Uh, but faith is a decision, which means you can decide to have faith in God. That's how you got saved. You got saved when you exercised your will to say, I receive Christ as my Savior. Are you with me this morning? I'll give you the third statement. Now, faith is not a one-time decision. Faith is to be a way of life for God's children. 
Faith is to be a way of life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse number 17, the just shall live by faith. Many folks trusted Christ as Savior by faith, but since then they haven't exercised faith in Christ. And because of that, they haven't fulfilled God's will for their life because God's will always takes me past my ability and I have to trust in Him. So faith, faith is a way of life. I'll give you the fourth statement. This is the message statement. In order for Abraham to live by faith in God, he had to overcome obstacles in his life. That's what I want to focus on this morning. I'm going to give you five things that he had to overcome, five obstacles. Because what the devil says is, yeah, uh, that faith is good for, and you name somebody in church that you think is a better Christian than you, or somebody that could get something done, and you say, that's for them. No, faith is for you. The Bible's not just for me. The Bible's not just for these men. The Bible's not just for a select few. The Bible is for you. God's promises are for you. And you can only claim those promises by faith in Christ. I can't explain how God does it. I don't know when he'll do it. But I know I can have faith in every single promise of the word of God. You need faith in God. Now sometimes there are obstacles that get in our way. Let's overcome them or look at a list of these. First of all, uh, Abraham had to overcome his past sins. Now, sin is forgiven when we ask God to forgive us of our sin, but so often the devil causes us to remember what God has forgotten. Now, I'm not preaching this morning and saying this is a license or an encouragement to sin against God. However, if we're going to move forward by faith in God, we have to move on from sin and move on in faith in the promises of God. Now, I'm not going to focus on Abraham's sin, but Abraham had great failure during this time of 25 years. Now, God makes a, uh, an amazing statement and said he staggered not at the promises of God, but there was a day that Sarah came in and said, Abraham, this is impossible. We can't have children. Perhaps God would allow you to have a child by my handmaid, a handmaid, a lady that worked for Sarah. And Abraham agreed to that. That was sin against God. Now, Abraham could have given up. Abraham could have said, Lord, I failed. I miserably failed. I lost faith in you. I was disobedient. I sinned. I can, I can forget you ever working in my life. Hear me well. If you're going to have faith in God, you have to overcome the fact of past sin and accept the forgiveness of God in your life. Thank God for his forgiveness. Now, I'll be honest. I, I can't comprehend how great his forgiveness is. It's an amazing thing to me. And sometimes my flesh does not want to accept in others the forgiveness of sin. The Bible said that he put it in the sea of forgetfulness. You know, there are places that, are so, that have such depths of the sea that man has never been there. That's where God buried my sin. My sin is in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. My sin is behind me. And there are folks today, you'll read a promise of God or you'll hear preached a promise of God that God will answer your prayer, that God will work in your life. And Satan says, oh, but don't forget that sin. Don't forget that sin. I want to say this morning, if you're going to have faith in God, you have to move past sin in the past. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Have you forgotten God's working in your life because of sin? Have you dismissed the fact that God could bless you because of past sin? Don't misunderstand me. I'm not making light of sin. I'm not magnifying sin. Sin is what it is. Sin is wrong. Sin is transgression against God. But I want to tell you, friend, when we come to the place of sin in our life and we ask God to forgive us, he has the ability not only to forgive, he has the ability to forget. Now you put that sin behind you and claim by faith the promises of God. I'm going to say number two. Abraham, and I love this part of the message. I could spend all 45 minutes I'd planned to preach this morning on this one statement. He had to forget the need of a human example. Isn't it something how when we are challenged to do something, we like to see a human example of that? I want you to listen to this statement. God does things in our lives that he does in no one else's life. We do not look to see how another God, how another has accomplished the work of God. We look to God to see how he will accomplish his will in our lives. Now make sure you get a hold of that this morning. Abraham, he couldn't say, well, what I need to find is another hundred-year-old man that had a child. That'll increase my faith. No, God said, you just need to have faith in what I said. Because there are no other 100-year-old men and 90-year-old women that have had children. You're the only one. Sometimes we need encouragement or we look for encouragement to see, has anybody else ever done this before, friend? Can I tell you something? When God makes a promise to you and God works in your life, it doesn't matter if others have accomplished it or not. If it's God's will for your life, you can do the will of God by faith in Him. I'm glad Noah didn't say, well, if I can find a pattern for a, for, for a boat, or if I can find somebody else that's built one, maybe I could build one. He didn't have another human pattern. He didn't have another human example. Think of all of those examples in the Bible. You think of the life of Esther. Her life was unique. Uh, the Bible says, as uh, Mordecai said to her, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Those unique circumstances and those unique uh, set of circumstances around her, uh, they're like none other. You see, if we're not careful, we have faith in a pattern. We have faith in a person. I don't want you to have faith in a pattern or in a person this morning. I want you to have faith in an almighty God and the promises that he has made in your life. Amen. Now, I'm thankful for others that set an example Noah didn't set an example to me on how to build a boat. Noah set an example to me to have faith in God. Daniel didn't say, let me show you how, go, how to go into a lion's den. I'll show you how to do it. No, Daniel said, I want to be an example of having faith in God for your life. You see, Abraham, he, he, he had to look beyond a human pattern. He couldn't say, well, if I can find somebody else that can do that, if they can do it, I can. Oh, no, dear friend, if God said it, that's all we need. Let me give you the third thing. Well, I want to say right there at the second thing. I don't need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what others have done. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to do the will of God for what he's called me to do today. Others can encourage me to have faith, but not faith in a pattern or not faith in a person. 
put faith in God. Abraham had to overcome that. I'm thankful for examples. I love testimonies. I love examples. But don't miss this. Their example is not how to do it. It's who to trust in to do what God's called you to do. Can I go on? Are you all with me this morning? Did you get that one? You say, preacher, you're repeating yourself. I know I am. I know I am. Don't miss that. I, I, don't, I don't need someone else to encourage me. I'm thankful for their encouragement. I need to have faith in God. That's what Abraham was, and that's where he was. He was alone in his faith. Let me give you the third thing. Abraham had to overcome weakness in associations. Let me tell you what I mean. What I mean. Abraham never blamed Sarah for God delaying in the fulfilling of his promise. His focus was on faith. It was not Sarah's fault that there was a delay. He had to keep faith without blaming others. So often we dismiss a promise of God on someone else when it is not someone else's fault. It's just God working in our lives. How quick our flesh is to seek blame. That, that's our nature. When something's wrong, we, we want to find out what caused this problem. It was a year or so ago in staff meeting, and, and uh, I, I don't remember exactly the time of year, about, about a year ago, and things were so busy. And in, in staff meeting, we always have to solve problems, and we move on from that. And I made this statement. I said, we've got three issues that we need to care for. Now, fellas, listen to me. We don't have time to figure out whose fault it was. All we have time to do is figure out how to solve it and move forward. We have things to do. Many folks are held up in their faith in God because they're trying to figure out whose fault it is that it hasn't been accomplished already. Listen to me, faith in God. God just needs somebody to have faith in Him, not to blame others for what has not happened. Husbands and wives must work together to accomplish the will of God in faith. The Bible tells us that a husband and wife have to work together in order to get their prayers answered. And we, we, we don't need wives that blame their husband or husband that blame their wives for faults or failures in our own lives. Faith is given uh, to us. We, promises are given to us to have faith in God. I think of Amos, the prophet of old. Uh, his wife not only left him, uh, she became a harlot. She prostituted herself. But Amos never used that as an excuse uh, to not do the will of God. Amos continued to do the will of God. In fact, when his wife was all used up, uh, her name was Gomer. She was sold as a slave. Amos expressed his love for her by buying her back and taking her home with him. He never blamed her for any problem. He simply said, what God's will is for my life, if there's any failures, if there's any delays, it's not anybody's fault. I just need to have faith in God. It's easy for a church to become divided when there's delays for somebody to say, well, it's their fault. Or it's her fault. Or it's the deacon's fault. Well, I would agree with that. But uh, 
We, we, we may be quick to blame others. Can I tell you, Abraham, he had faith in God and the greatest miracle of, of, of flesh to realize that every nation and every person would be affected by this promise being fulfilled in Abraham's life when year number 80 came along and there was no child. He didn't blame Sarah. He didn't blame others. When year 90 came along in 95, the Bible said that he had faith in God and he staggered not in the promises of God. He believed that God was going to fulfill his promise in his life and he didn't blame others. Let me ask you a question this morning. You're spending more time in prayer and faith and waiting on God? Are you spending time saying, well, if it wasn't for him or if it wasn't for her, it wasn't for them, it wasn't for this, I would succeed in the will of God. No, God's promises are given to us and we're supposed to have faith in him. I'll give you the fourth thing this morning. Abraham had to forget past failures. Abraham had to forget past failures. Abraham was doing everything he could. Sarah was doing all she could to have a child. Some have said, well, I've tried and I've tried and I just can't accomplish the will of God. Friend, can I tell you, the will of God is not just a destination it is a journey. And as we go along, we're going to have some failures. By the way, failures are not bad. Failures are lessons to learn. It's interesting to me how God allows us to go through the working process of failures and the working process that requires patience and that requires faith. You see, failed attempts at success teach us a lesson. And I want to give you a statement I hope that you'll get a hold of and that you'll, you'll remember this part of the message. You see, if I just claim the promises of God and they come just like that, I mean just like that, there's never a delay, there's never a season of prayer, there's never a time of sacrifice, there's never a season of obedience. Uh, dear friend, the farmer, he doesn't put the seed in the ground and go back the next day to harvest the corn. He doesn't put the seed in the ground and go back the next day to harvest the beans. He understands the process. He understands the toil in the heat of the sun. He understands the necessity of the rain. He understands the obstacles and he fights through them to the day of patience. Now listen to this statement. If I don't go through the process I will have pride in myself rather than praise of God when the answer comes. If I said to you I prayed 10 prayers this week. God answered all 10 of them within 24 hours. You know what you'd say? Wow, I need you to pray for me. And you see, our faith is transferred from God to me. Now, I don't mind praying for you. I don't mind praying for you at all. I do pray for you. In fact, I spend a good deal of time praying for you. And I, I, I seriously, I, I pray for you seriously. I pray for your life. I pray for your family. I pray for your business. I pray that God would bless you. I desire that. But listen to me. We all need to have faith in God enough to pray. If you're his child, you can pray to God. But God takes us through a process, dear friend, to tell us, look, this answer to prayer is not based on your ability to pray. It's based on my ability to answer your prayer. So many times as we go through the journey, I look at the scripture and I see how many times there were that God delayed or 
had a long process to the promise. I think of Joseph. Joseph had a dream when he was a young man. In fact, he told his brothers about that dream. He probably shouldn't have because it caused them to be jealous of him. And that jealousy eventually turned into hatred. And hatred, some even wanted to kill Joseph. And Joseph has a long journey. And the dream that he has is one day that they will bow down before him. Now, we know what that was because we have the privilege of reading all of the Bible. And we can read it all in one one morning, but there were many years that took place in the, that time. Joseph did sit on the throne in Egypt, and he did take care of all the peoples of the world. But friend, there was a long process between that dream and him sitting there. He had to go through the pit. He had to be thrown in prison. And I'm going to say this morning, your attempt at success... Don't be discouraged by what appears to be a failure. Get up and try again. Milk is not churned into butter in 30 seconds, no matter how fast you churn it. Some of you, you got that, and the rest of you said, I have no idea what churn and butter, what all that means, but anyway. There's a lot of college students here, and they looked at me with a blank face, and yet everyone my age and older said, I'm with you. I'm going to give you the last thing. God has a will for your life, just like he had a will for Abraham's life. You say, but I'm getting up in years. Did you see how old Abraham was? So God still has a will for your life. God's not finished with you. That's a funeral. When he's finished, that's a funeral, all right? But until then, God has a will. God's will always leads us beyond our ability, which requires us to have faith in him. There are things that get in our way and try to take our faith away from him. Here's the last obstacle. He had to forget the circumstances of the present situation. You know, we take the promises of God and say, I, I could do that if it wasn't for. We could do that if it weren't for. But the truth is God's promises are good no matter what the circumstances are. There is never never a perfect time to do the work of God as far as circumstances are concerned. So the best time to do the work of God and claim the promises of God are today. We came to this property four years ago. 2018, we walked on this property in victory 2,000 years ago. Some of you were here, but I wasn't. <laughs> we walked on this property four years ago. And as we began to make our way into preparing the property and then building this building, which wasn't the first plan, but it was God's plan. And we were in this building from September to March, and then you all quit coming. I came here one Sunday morning, just me and my wife and family. Everybody was gone. I thought, Lord... We didn't need 80 acres. All I needed was a microphone and a radio broadcast or television. That's all I needed. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There were times that my faith was challenged. Here we are. It was an $8 million program, and then it was a $10 million program. Like the fellow that said uh, he got his wife a, a china set, and she said, what is it? He said, a 42-piece china set. She said, well, it says on the box 12 pieces. He said, well, that's before I dropped it. The price kept going up. 
And faith was challenged again and again. But we stand here today. It's not a good time to build because interest rates are going up. It's not a good time to build right now because uh, uh, the labor force is, is, is a challenge. It's not a good time to build right now because supplies are hard to get. It's not a good time to build right now because you can't borrow money. But the best time to claim the promises of God are right now, regardless of the circumstances. Stand with me if you will. You may be here today and you've never exercised your faith in Christ for salvation. You've never received Christ as your personal Savior. The only way you can be saved is to trust Him by faith. There are so many obstacles that get in the way of folks trusting Him by faith. Someone has sown a seed of doubt. Someone has challenged uh, the simple plan of salvation. You wonder, I just don't know what's true. I'll tell you what's true. God and His Word are true. I say this morning, just have faith in Him. Have faith for salvation. And God is working in your life. And some of you, you've run into one or two or three or all of these obstacles. You need to say this morning, I'm going to have faith in the one who made the promise. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the challenges of your word. And Lord, we know we cannot accomplish your will without faith in you because it requires your working in us and through us. It requires your working to accomplish your will. And yet, Lord, so many times we give up because of sin or failure or no human pattern or bad circumstances or difficulties. Dear God, I pray that you'd help us today to push all of those aside and to focus on your promise, to focus on your word, to focus on your love and say, by your grace, through faith, I'm going to claim victory in my life and keep moving forward. Bless your invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. He's going